0: My name is Sonia Brock, and I'm podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My father, he was a gambling man, and he went from town to town. The only time he was satisfied is when he laid his money down. On gambling. I'm not good at gambling because I had a traumatic experience in my early years. My mother had brought my younger sister and I to a local country fair in Blenheim or Wallisburg or some other town near Chatham. We had done the routes, the rounds of the agricultural exhibits and and the local prize-winning crafts, lots of healthy-looking heifers and very neatly stitched quilts and such like. We had had the magical cotton candy, and at the end we drifted over to the gambling concession booths where there was a true carnival step right up atmosphere. The ground was trodden to dust underfoot, and the twilight made the colored lights seem ever so bright and compelling. People were trying to knock things over get hoops over things, fish for plastic fish with prize numbers on them, and there was an air of general busyness and excitement. My sister was three years younger than myself. Now, my mother was not a great shot, but she was not too bad. We ended up at one of these concessions where you throw balls, and if you hit something and knock it down, you win. These were bowling pins, and on her first three balls... She managed to hit one and got a large, fuzzy brown bear which she gave to my younger sister. Letting people win something brings more customers in, I think. My mother became determined that she was going to win something for me, too. When my mother became determined, nothing on earth could drag her away from her goal. She started playing the gambling game and she threw ball after ball and won nothing. All her throws were doomed to failure. She became glum. An attendant to my mother's moods, I became glum as well. I no longer wanted a large fuzzy what's-it, but she was determined. She played and she played and she played. And an hour later, she had no large, fuzzy prize, and the rent money was all gone. Well, my mother had been a flapper, and there was a type of heroine that was popular in early films and novels a, a charming, ragamuffinish sort of child, and she personified this archetype. Even without sound, her gestures and her looks would have carried on the silent screen. Upon losing the rent money and not winning a large fuzzy thing, she became disconsolate. She wept. She stood in front of that booth and wept. She complained and she moaned and wept, but mainly her gestures carried the whole story to an increasingly interested audience of fairgoers. A hand outthrust towards the area where she had not won. The other hand on her heart, or wiping away tears. The open and empty purse testified to her destitution. The poor local yokel who was running the concession for the carnival folk became distraught as well. His conscience just smote him. He couldn't take the tears. He couldn't take it any longer. He reached into the till and gave my mother, one, her money back, and two, from the array of prizes, a very large fuzzy something. She thanked him profusely, and he left the booth. He'd seen enough of the evils of gambling to last him for a lifetime, and so had I. I don't remember what the large fuzzy was. I don't remember anything except my mother being theatrically distraught in front of this carnival concession with all her money gone, and it was my fault because she was doing it for me. As a sort of postscript, my mother went on in later years to become a successful amateur actress and director with the Chatham Little Theatre Group. She had talent. My other exposure to gambling was at the harness races at Woodbine Racetrack in Toronto. My CB radio club, which was once very important to me, they were a bunch of hosers and I loved them, they had an outing and we went to the racetrack for the harness races. The club member sitting next to me, a lady, had a system. She was quite secretive about her system, hiding her slips of paper from view and doing complex calculations. It worked for her. She won a reasonable number of times. I gathered it was a complicated system. I watched the horses racing around and they were beautiful to see. I bought a few tickets based primarily on the names of the horses. I knew nothing about pedigrees and jockeys and all kinds of things that you needed to know, so I picked the names that I liked based primarily on superstitious connections. I remember looking around, mainly near the ticket window, when I was standing in line and seeing people who probably did not have much money pensioners and the like spending their widows might or pensioners might little bits of money they could not afford in the eternal hope that they would have a win for a week or a day or whatever they would no longer be poor you could see a kind of tense desperation in their faces this wasn't just for fun there were people there who were there for fun but these people were at the desperate edge of gambling. Just before the event on the grounds outside, rockabilly superstar and Ronnie Hawkins was entertaining the crowd. I went up after the performance and shook his hand. I had been solo dancing to the music, which pleased the musicians, since any show of enthusiasm and animation during a show up here in Canada is a really, really good thing and somewhat rare. That was fun. And I got to shake the hand, a rompin' Ronnie Hawkins. Woo-hee! There is a house in New Orleans, and it's called the Rising Sun. It has been a ruin of many a poor girl, and I, poor girl, am one. This is Sonia Brock, podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I can be reached on the web at soniabrock.com, S-O-N-I-A-B-R-O-C-K dot com.